0: In. Hi there. Hello,
1: and welcome to podcast slash Highly Logical, where we're talking about Star Trek disco.
0: I feel like High Cat correctly Hi-cat.
1: talks.
0: High Cat talks about or correctly describes Lieutenant Stamets in oh this my episode. God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the captain's face was reacting every time he made a drug reference to it. Yeah, that is interesting. He's he's really on something. He's
0: a high as a kite yeah and it might just be the knowledge who knows yeah when you are when you are the vessel for exploring the biological electromagnetic little web of all creation sure look I'm as
1: saying. soon as you as soon as you <coughs> as soon as you feel in your heart that you need to say Look, man, you don't understand. We're all connected deep down, man. As soon as that's what you need to say, that's what you become, is you become euphoric. Now, if you get there by doing the math and saying, Well, sir, I've understood that. Look, man, we're all connected deep down, right? He just got there from a different path than we've traditionally seen someone get there. But he he got there. He got to the stars.
0: Yeah, he got to be groovy in this episode, and I'm I was so really nervous into it. for him. Yeah, I, I love,
1: I love how you're like I love it. I'm like I'm nervous. Yeah, it was very. I good. just care about Stamets, and I, I hope he's well. And I know there's a lot of crazy stuff happening around him, but I think it's very compelling and interesting. And boy, I can't keep my eyes off it. The show has me so hooked in.
0: Well, okay, so Stamets is kind of so he is. I don't understand what's happening with him. Right. Because in the last episode, when he was brushing his teeth, he walked away uh-huh. and then there was still Stamets in the yes. mirror. He was really, so I'm like, so is he able to live longer in moments? Like is time longer for him or is it a spatial thing where he is literally occupying many spaces at once? I just, I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I need all of the answers. And I'm sure I'll get them all in the next episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there couldn't be anything strung out. No. So all this said, I was kind of freeform talking about the thing that, that made sense at the beginning. What did you think of this episode? Did you enjoy it?
0: Um. <sighs> Excuse me. We watched this kind of late. Um. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. There I there were a couple of things where I was like, huh. Mm. But I think that's just for me not knowing the the canon of Star Trek very well. Oh, okay. Well. Gotcha. Uh, but it, it, the show was very quick to catch me up. Yeah. So when I didn't understand, like, the Vulcan expeditionary thing, yes. you know, I didn't... I was just like, uh, okay, what does this mean? Is this is that like her getting to go be with captain Giorgio or I didn't understand at first, but then they made it clear in the episode. I
1: see. Okay. Gotcha. I, th- yeah.
0: I think that this show does a really good job in, um, in setting up people like yourself for really nice little hooks into things that you already know, but it's also very good at explaining that history and not making it tedious for people like you. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Yeah. I, I think they, they thread that needle very well mm-hmm. because as, T- during times in a very difficult needle of thread on both sides you might say trek has been too obtuse or inaccessible well it's also been a little too action movie sometimes in some recent incarnations of trying to make it more acceptable i think it's been disagreeing i oh I, I don't mean like all the trekking but movies they're really great but i think one of them like into darkness or um yeah into darkness specifically maybe at the expense of there being any depth to it kind of kind of did it so i i just mean that uh, I, I always appreciate. It. I always go in a very open mind and open heart, but so I'm, from any witching way, it's a difficult needle of thread. I guess I
0: need to watch Into Darkness because I hear that complaint a lot from you, and I guess I need to watch it again. Okay. Now having watched um, an episode of Star Trek. <laughs> now
1: what, having watched several episodes. Yeah, of Star
0: Trek. I'm just saying that previously I had watched like the beginning of TNG, and I was like, "This is not good television." <laughs> 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 so. Um, what else did I think about this? I, for whatever reason, at the beginning of this episode, I had forgotten that Lorca and Ash Tyler had been rescued. And I was just yeah. like, how are Klingons dropping through the ceiling and right. no one notices? It? <laughs> like, yeah. it's so weird. Yeah, yeah,
1: totally.
0: Yeah. I mean, and Ash Tyler is clearly a villain, right? I feel like we're getting set up to where we believe that Captain Lorca is a villain. And maybe he is. Uh-huh. Who knows? Who can really say who villains are? But Ash Tyler's just a little too good.
1: So, uh, okay, I'm going to spoil some crazy crackpot theories out there on your head. So if you aren't interested in that...
0: Not crackpot to me. I believe him. Keep
1: ahead of you a few minutes. But the, on the captain, there's a theory that everyone has... I do not share this theory, we'll <laughs> start okay. out and say. But we think he's a mirror universe version of the Captain. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's stupid. I am so dismiss out of hand that. Now, people say that because uh, uh, Captain has such been an iconic par- paragon thing, such a lens through it to watch it, and not being able to fill that in the traditional way, I think it, it, it un- unsettles people a little bit. But I, I don't think you need to ha- have a mirror universe to make... Unusual decisions, or decisions might you not make? It. Each universe is totally rich and capable of any shade of gray, or or, or light, light or darkness.
0: And honestly, and equal
1: people don't come from an equal place, and good people don't come from a good place. That first yeah. of all, I find that problematic. But secondarily, I think there's so much depth to both uh, universes that kind of uh, makes them a little bit flat.
0: Okay, and so I I like that they are like, oh man, you're making bad choices, <coughs> which means that we need to remove you permanently yeah, from I know, the right? chair. But <coughs> but Picard comes back and he tells Beverly Crusher that just before he was rescued, he was about to say that he had, there are, he tells
1: Deanna, I think. Oh, Deanna. Uh Okay.
0: That what there are four, he
1: believed believed
0: that he could see all the lights, five lights. lights. So, yeah. I mean, like if anything were to make you, be removed from the captain's chair? Surely that.
1: He also, he didn't willingly do this, but his mind provided actionable intelligence to the Borg that let them kill 18,000 human beings. (laughs) And they couldn't have killed those 18,000 beings without the stuff that was in his head, right?
0: But he was, like, still susceptible the whole time, right? Anytime they come in contact with the Borg, they're like, maybe you not go. A lot of people have a lot of feels about this. So... All that said, it's definitely not Mirror Lorca. (laughs) I don't think so, either. I don't think that's... I think that's And I've enjoyed
1: the captain's progression, I think, almost more than anyone's. I think it's really interesting.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he feels very human, and I like it. Yeah,
1: for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: And what what I like is that he's very complex, and there are lots of... um, lots of opportunities for growth as a, as a captain. And I mean, we see that in all of the other captains, you know, they come in one way, but I feel like we're really getting a, a front row seat to watching Captain Lorca uh, decide what kind of captain he's going to yes. be at the discovery.
1: Absolutely. And I, um, it, it was really saying something that I really love Lorca considering how tired I am of sort of anti hero. Premises with a main character like a oh. uh, sort of I'm i don't I do it my own way, kind of roguish, hiding a gun, boozing it up. I can seduce this person. uh... Is that why
0: you wouldn't watch Death Note with me?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like sometimes prickly antihero is a little worn, worn, well worn. But he does such a great job with it. And I'm really, and I don't even necessarily think antihero at all. Mm -hmm. I maybe felt that at first, but I've seen, you, you watch what they do, don't they say? what he says is just an ends to what he does and what he has done for the most part has been for the betterment of the war effort or for Federation or for his ship and his efforts especially towards Michael in this episode were of one trying to build a family around him yeah and I don't care if you're bad at it it's sort of the intent and what you do and what you say can be discarded so he says things that kind of fall into the anti-hero or sometimes a, a villainous trap that doesn't matter what matter is what he's attempting to do his intent and his what he's trying to do is pull together our family in one way or another i don't care if he's good or bad at it he's, he's doing good things right now for me and it's... heading in a good direction
0: um. So I know that Sarek was, I guess, in a movie or something that I've seen before. this Sarek was extremely upset when Spock did not. Oh yeah. Um. Join the Vulcan Expeditionary, whatever.
1: Vulcan, it, with Spock's admission, there's all sorts of different. With Spock, Spock, was the Vulcan Science Academy, and that's like the oh, Vulcan pinnacle. Academy. You're you're 18. You're going to, or I can't remember. You're you're of age to go to an institute, a college, and a formal study. That is the top honor you can yeah. have. Yeah. To be chosen a student at the Vulcan Science Academy, and he turned
0: that down to go to Starfleet, which was his second option for him. You're, right. you know, like that was so and it was specific
1: because of how they treated his mother, Amanda. Yeah, yeah. But, but I love us getting fleshed out. Tarek's journey through that, yeah, too.
0: for sure. It, it, that was so interesting. That was I really liked
1: fascinating. That. There was stuff there,
0: and I like how Serik
1: <coughs> isn't. You keep going. I, I like how Sarek isn't really always great at being a dad, and that kind of doesn't matter. <laughs> Star Trek is sometimes good at having these legacy things where your intent shines through over time. He's able to be family towards people. He chooses to be family with lots of people. He he's, loves Amanda very much in his own way. When he loses Amanda, he, he has another wife. He always chooses. like He has a need to be family. He is often very poor at it, but... like. I, I like that they show people continuing to make those choices. Yeah. whether like they're good at it and and I also love Michael's journey and uh, her relationship with her sometimes a strange dad there.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. There's
1: this I was listening to this one person, I think they're a podcaster, and they're in their 40s or something, and they had a real tough time of their 10, teens, 20s into 30s. They things weren't going well. There was a lot of financial problems, there's a lot of um, alcohol abuse. There's a lot of stuff. And their 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 kids tried, their parents tried to raise them right and really fought with them for a very long time. And they had reflected back on that and they lost, I think, the chance to reconcile with the mother. I think the mother died or something before mm-hmm. they had the chance mm-hmm. to. But they had acutely realized that at some point the onus was on them. That it would never be fixed if, if they didn't come in to fix it. And there's a sort of maturity of approaching that relationship a little more three-dimensional once they had their feet... On the, on the ground and it might be a little bit of michael's where michael has realized that in order to fix this relationship where people have had good intentions and talked past each other and sometimes not see each other done things to each other one way or the other unless she fixed it it was never wasn't going to be fixed and yeah. this smart smart person would never see it differently than how they've they've seen it all these decades
0: yeah i uh, listened to a speech several months ago about um, that same thing and it was a person who was in a bad relationship with her mother and after I would say probably like twenty five years or so of just having a very estranged relationship with her mom and not being able to trust her, things like that, um, she did. She came to that same conclusion of if it will be fixed, it will be fixed because I have put forth the effort. And I think that that's kind of what happens when you see your parent as um, as a human, as a person. Yes. And not just that person that is providing and the person for whom you are the son in their universe you know um, and, and I think it's very fine to think about your parents in that very parental way um, but there is a, a very real sense of your parent being held to a standard that is not sustainable for the rest of their lives uh, it's something I had to go through with my own mom too mm-hmm. I mean I really had to get over some of my past hurts with her and um i just had to determine that you know she was not going to be able to change who she was for me and she should not change that um everything that you are is how you react and you develop a relationship with the person that your parent is Mm -hmm. so yeah that's it
1: I do enjoy her relationship with Sarah being explored through this.
0: I really love it. I have very much loved the mind meld and how often it is used in this series. Because um, I didn't learn a lot about the Vulcans at all. uh, Because I haven't watched all of the original series, right? So I haven't Uh watched all of that um, and then my, the most of my Vulcan knowledge comes from the most recent J.J. Abrams movies, right? Okay. Um, but everything that I know about Vulcan society and everything kind of comes from you when you'll tell me these little snippets of... Uh, Vulcan culture and things like that which I thought was really interesting but um, is not heavily depicted in anything that I have seen mm-hmm. and so I'm really loving it. I love how much it, it's used.
1: I think it's a rich depiction here too and I like how we have seen a parent-child relationship but we've seen an estranged parent-child relationship Spock and Sarek never work and never work well and i been reflecting a lot on the episode of Sarek's death with this one where he mind melds and basically perhaps shares Katra with Picard. Like, Sarek really deeply mind melds with Picard Mm -hmm. at the end of his life. Leans on Picard's strength. Kind of almost finds this new family relationship, like Sarek always seats out in others in Picard. And he has this regret of never being able to share that with Spock. Never being able to share that. So so Spock has never been, certainly never shared Katra. That is the most intimate of of sharing. But not even to the level of, of mind meld where mm. we're, we're led like to believe of his, his father never was able to see things from his dad's perspective and his, he was never able to see things from, from Spock's and uh, it, it's interesting to see a parent-child relationship where there is that level of, of depth and intimacy Star Trek you, you, with Vulcans you always assume they're very cold on the outside but they're they're very richly intimate in some kind of family groups in some ways I think they're always very interesting
0: yeah it's interesting um what else was I gonna say um <clears throat> Ash Tyler I don't trust him
1: yeah there's a lot of weight. there's so many lines that could be read different ways and they're, mm-hmm. they're really gonna write it that way or like they're going to shake his hands like then he's like we've met before that's what he says it's like what do you mean by that Ash yeah exactly when when
0: who w- oh, oh who and something I? else he
1: says when he says I've been I've been to the brink of failure before
0: yes uh huh uh huh uh, and uh. when has he ever been to the brink of failure? You know, I mean, he didn't try to escape on his own. Yeah. And he failed when he was captured, right? I mean, whatever. I mean, you you were in a battle and you were you're a POW, all of these things. That doesn't make you a failure, but it doesn't mean I don't I don't know. So
1: I think we talk Taylor theories at the end of the show so we get people a chance to turn it off yeah because the the taylor theories that uh we are finding the most interesting right now are mega fucking spoiler potential
0: yeah that's very true so i think that's
1: how we end is, is coming back to him i love the disco shirts i, I get love disco shirts to work out like, Do you want to get disco workout i want to get
0: disco workout shirts for all of my working out yes yeah yeah that was it's so great it's great um, it means so many things to me Cafe Disco from The Office and now Discovery <laughs> so I guess those two things I also really enjoy disco music but I love it
1: awesome my notes here the first thing I, I wrote is I love the Vulcan skyline I like how it's immediately recognizable as Vulcan mm-hmm. I'll amend that note now to say I just love all of the iconography there's calligraphy there's the Vulcan instr- I can't remember the name of it I think like Vulcan lute. there might be a name for it but the instrument that we see play in the original series I saw someone playing off there in the the end and that was really lovely her um, idyllic or, or something it's it's uh, um, I, I'm butchering the name but it's a Vulcan symbol that she has kind of broaching Ooh. her cloak uh, that Michael has on oh. her graduation.
0: Oh, thing. okay. So as like a, a brooch thing? Yes, but it's okay. a
1: symbol of logic she has right there that are straight out of the classic movies in the original series and look gorgeous. So just all of the iconography, I think, really popped. And it looked like... The, the Discovery does such a good job of making every alien species look rich with culture mm-hmm. and, and diverse. And sometimes due to the limitation of how we're seeing it or maybe the hokey way, a uh, quick way, that it had to be written or rewritten... I think it doesn't always come across that way in watching the the television yeah um, and, but I love this this being depicted that way the Vulcan ship that they boarded looked kind of like to me reminded me a little bit of the Enterprise Star Trek Enterprise Vulcan ships that we saw a lot of that looked, uh, had this really iconic look and then I thought the interior with the really cool like archways that are going in that were very um, mm-hmm. like diamond shaped. Looked like uh, the JJ Verse Reboot uh, interior Vulcan ships that looked very cool.
0: It made me think of the Halo Master Sword.
1: Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah, very much so. So we did learn big questions we had about Michael's origin. Because mm-hmm. we were really curious about why she has a memory of saric running up and going, Michael when she's like been bomb and it turns out
0: it's Vulcan Terrace. Yeah. That was freaking so sad. I could not believe that. I didn't realize that they were Vulcan extremist groups. It doesn't seem logical <laughs> that there would be. And so, like, why would why would they exist, right? Ooh. So I didn't realize that that was a thing. Um, I'm really excited to explore more of that. But, yeah, it was so crazy. I didn't realize that she had been bombed during her Vulcan studies. You know, like, after she was... Being raised as a A Vulcan. Vulcan. Yeah. That's so
1: insane. Crazy. There's an episode of Deep Space Nine I want to watch with you. And I'm going to spoil a little bit about the premise for you. Okay. But they're looking for a serial killer. uh, Like a killer on board the the space -hmm. space station. The whole thing is a... And spoilers for Deep Space Nine here. But the only thing they find in connection, because this killer is really good, very smart is one of the first things they find, is that if someone's killed near a picture or a depiction of themselves... Within, like an extremely gregorious depiction of of emotion, like smiling, laughing, crying, they're killed next to or, or near a picture of them, kind of having that, mm. and it turns out that it's a Vulcan serial killer
0: what that's yeah crazy and it really
1: plays up people's expectations but i do love that interact you see these people as kind of monolithic one one size fits all things yeah but there's all these ranges good bad what what have you of different experiences throughout them that's crazy sauce yeah um i enterprise star trek enterprise dealt a lot with terror groups like that or with space racism, basically. And I I know there's a lot of people who I'm close with and who I enjoy the company of, who really love Star Trek Enterprise. I like parts of it too, but I do have to say, I hate the way it was handled in Star Trek Enterprise is the way space racism happens is this idea of family where everyone's really tense and saying mean things to each other and just like tears up the thing of family kind of to me needlessly. It was just watching a show of frayed emotions for the sake of having frayed emotions for the idea of space racism. Space racism exposure of that was just everyone feels bad. Yeah. But Discovery so far it's just like showing how diverse cultures are and how how blind people of all stripes can be in in kind of their their year of other people
0: yeah um i'm really enjoying seeing more of the doctor that we get to see um aside from him being very handsome i'm really i i've really i really did not like um beverly crusher a lot you know like i was not into her but towards the end of the series she had grown on me substantially so um, so I'm really interested to see how that goes going forward. I like that character. I think Tilly is becoming one of my all-time favorite characters in Trek. She's one well I right. really like her a lot. Um, I'm interested to know what her path is to the captain's seat, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see. So at first, we, we tried to watch the episode yesterday. And there were some server issues with CBS. We had to stop it. So we saw the where there's this hollow training thing. And at first, I, I didn't want to have a bad view because I want to come in with an open mind. I was like, we already have holodecks. It's very established that holodeck is a brand new invention in the 24th century. But I do like that this was a specialized holosimulation simulation that is one type of simulation. And I think that is fair. Well, it it is like that. It's a battle training room with, with stuff outside. It's highly specialized to this one thing. Holiday has infinite possibilities uh, in it, and there's a lot of specialty sort of shooting ranges that they go to in very early next gen. I think if you remember, and the reference a lot in the original series that are kind of they're, they're depicted hokily because of the, the constraints of, of depicting it there. But I I, I I I thought this was was interesting.
0: Well, but. Those things don't just... They're not just, like, putting them out onto a ship. Like, oh, we invented this new thing. Everyone try it. Like, I think that it makes sense that Discovery has this really advanced technology when compared to other trucks. Because it's a science ship, you know? Yeah. And it, it's testing these things and finding out their quirks before they're uh, deployed to other ships in the fleet. So. Sure. Yeah. I
1: don't yeah. know. Absolutely. Sure. I like how the food dispensers look just like the Toss... Uh, the original series food dispensers that's very sweet I am so sorry I'm just just reading this oh the booze was a great reminder that we're in the original series era and with the original series captain you know there's just things you're like alright we're we're going back to a 60s show the way booze is used (laughs) (laughs) just just even that was kind of interesting I like the admiral and captains back and forth what do you think
0: Um, it seemed a little like out of nowhere for me like and not in a good way where I was just like oh, okay, They're ha- they have a relationship. It's, you know, whatever. But, like, it really went from, like, zero to 11. Yeah. Like, real fast. And I was like, wait, what?
1: She's become scared of him.
0: I guess so. In, a, in an
1: interesting way. Scared of what he can do. And, boy, good goddamn that ending. Yeah. That was...
0: And he set her up for that. He knew.
1: He put her name forward for the mission. Yeah. Probably knowing... Uh, wouldn't have a great chance of success.
0: And even Saru has, like, reservations about about the captain's directive of, oh, we're going to get permission. Like, oh, well, we've never gotten permission before. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like that's what would happen if... So I'm doing something similar at work right now where I asked permission for something for the first time in a very long time because I live my life by a series or, or, or by the... By the mantra of it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission uh-huh. and so i really try and try and live my life like that right in in many cases this time i did it and i got a response back like well actually <laughs> it has to go through all of these other channels before we can do it and i'm like oh no <laughs> why did i ask permission yeah. <laughs> and i think everyone that's ever worked with me would just be like wait what what are you okay to her brain tumors. <laughs> uh, sorry, that's a Grey's Anatomy uh, reference. But go on.
1: So, yeah, that's crazy. This is the time he decides to act on the Yeah. Question. This is the time he decides to sit on it and everything. And he has to look in that mirror <laughs> and decide who he sees at that moment. I thought that was a pretty powerful ending.
0: Yeah. Speaking of endings, I'm extremely tired because I took Benadryl's. But I do have a question that I was going to ask you. Yes. And I forgot. So, at the end, or during the last episode, Saru asks the computer um, about the attributes of the most famous captains in Starfleet. Yes. And he receives that list, and then he has the computer run this diagnostic on him, and all of this stuff. And he doesn't get his results back, right? Because yeah. he knows what his weaknesses and his strengths are. Yeah. So, I was going to ask you, if you were the uh-huh. captain of a ship... What would be two of your attributes and two of your weaknesses as a captain of a ship? Oh,
1: great! What a great question. So, I, I, it's not just in entertainment. But I really seek out uh, and, and take a lot from, and I, I, I'd like to think give a lot to The situations where you're kind of cultivating family. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think that I, I would hopefully. Um, strive for that where I'm, I'm, I see other people's success on that bridge as, as my success and, and, and my joy as well. And that I, I, I try hard to foster a, a sense and a real situation a, a family mm-hmm. right there, and then I care for others. And um, that I can kind of champion a cause, be extremely enthusiastic, help people see. That light, that reason, of why we're doing it, even when it's kind of hard sometimes, mm-hmm. and a and a high diplomacy modifier.
0: Interesting. And what would your what would at least one of your weaknesses be?
1: So I am poor, and I think that I would need to fix this. To, certainly to be ready for the chair and to be ready and start, but in general, I am poor at making decisions where the only thing on one side of the equation is sort of what. I can muster up for my self-worth and discipline in quiet moments alone. Mm. So what I mean, I'm is I'm very good at performing in school or work, when there's a deadline, there's things on the line. I'm in a kind of formal situation. but um, I, I don't know. I, I have an independent goal. it's 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 just me. there's no one else around. I think i'm I'm very poor at following through and valuing those things and those kind of failure of being able to value myself and my own future the same the way I, I can for other teams or, or, or bigger bigger kind of ideals. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes poor at valuing myself to myself and, and doing the things that I, I feel that I ought to and living up to my commitments to myself.
0: Very good. That's an excellent answer. How about you? you um, So I've had longer to think about this because it's my question. But I think that one of my strengths as a captain would be that I'm very pragmatic. And, um, and I really defend my people. So that's how i have always been that if i think that you know you're being accused for something that you shouldn't be if i believed in what you were doing and it just didn't turn out the way that you were i really go up to bat for my people and i have their back 100 percent of the time and i think that's something that you have to have as a captain um my weaknesses would be my sarcasm and my humor so not being it, I would be really tempted to always be goofing around ah, a lot Sure. so so yeah that, that's, that's it by the way the name of the episode can you pronounce that word
1: uh, lathe yeah. so there's a lot of uses of it but one of them is in Greek mythology it's one of the five rivers of the underworld of Hades and the lathe followed around let's see those who drank from it experienced complete forgetfulness And it was the Greek spirit of uh, forgetfulness and oblivion.
0: Forgetfulness and oblivion.
1: In classical Greek, that word means oblivion, forgetfulness, or concealment.
0: Interesting. And that's the name of the episode?
1: That's the name of the episode.
0: Oh, well, I think that that means... Sarah and Michael. Okay. But
1: I think with everything in Discovery, everything in Trek in general as a whole, but the Discovery especially the layers are there always there are layers the, the, ogres have layers and the, the themes are always shown throughout yeah so that's the captain's journey too.
0: yeah it's, that's the captain's journey that's it's Michael's. Um,
1: maybe it's some um, chief of security's
0: journey yeah new new chief of security without a comm badge sure yeah
1: why doesn't he have a comm badge I think it's because they want us to be they they want us to feel suspicious us. We're, we're going through the journey that they are we've been prompted to go down
0: sure that's television
1: the combat not being on there is a part of uh, it's signaling to us to feel a certain way
0: yeah
1: okay speaking of which, is the end of the episode Veronica needs to go let's really quickly go to the theory that we've been um, um, following with with the guy okay so I, I will try to credit uh, perhaps in some show notes or something uh, from some sources where I found this on the internet, and it does contain a lot of meta information on the show. So that's why it can be considered a mega spoiler. It's not just coming pulling from the screen time. And that's, that's kind of shitty sometimes. So if you, if you don't want that in your life, go ahead and stop the podcast now. Love you. Thanks for coming, coming in. It was great. So kind of about this, the theory is, remember, Klingons, you never think about the, this them, but they have spies, and they, and they have good spies, and their spies surgically look like humans. The the long and short of the theory is is that Ash is uh, the our our adher- torchbearer, torchbearer, the torchbearer. Almost the yeah. adhering. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, that he is the torchbearer's Surgically altered. When we leave the torchbearer, he's about to go with the matriarchs. And he is about to. He, they tell him that he has to give up everything to go down this very difficult journey where he can finally have the glory that he seeks. Now we have a matriarch commander of the Klingon uh, D7 battle cruiser that, that Ash is a prisoner on, and so is the captain. And when they rescue him, and she admits to the captain that her great English is a result of her being from a, a culture of spies and from knowing. <laughs> Yeah. The spies being close with them. A family
0: of spies. And she has an intimate relationship with the human Ash Tyler. That's right. Yeah. So, long story short, he's definitely a Klingon spy.
1: That's what we're thinking. Yeah. And how impossible that is. It's just kind of... I love that. Yeah. In a certain way. It's really interesting. Especially him having to see humans as people. Kind of...
0: When Burnham uh, gets the little... What I can only imagine is a runner is the worst runner side stitch during lunch, after she shakes hands with um, Ash Tyler, I was just like, oh my gosh, can she can she somehow through her Vulcan voodoo know that he is concealing something? Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't know, but it was very funny, and I I don't know. We'll see. I kind I kind of believe this theory a little bit. Yeah. So some
1: of the meta information around that uh, the, the reason I think it might be a little bit of a, a spoiler is it seems that the INTB page creator for the actor who's credited with being the torch might not be a real actor or that might have been created to kind of throw us off of who is actually playing that character.
0: Yeah. So interesting stuff. Let us know your fan theories online. You can check out this show at Highly Illogical Show. Or no, at Illogical Show. Uh Sorry. On Twitter, yes. On the Twitters. And you can also find us on Podcat at Podcat Podcast.
1: Thanks so much for coming out, guys. Bye. 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 Oh, those scars in the cabin, those weren't from the Klingons, right? Those scars were from something else, like the triangle-shaped scar.
0: Yeah, what the fuck was that? And why was it glowy?
1: Was it glowy? I, st- I felt like it was glowy because it was like cut skin and like scar tissue, not like. It tattooed. looked like blue. Huh. It
0: looked like blue glowy when she touched it. Oh,
1: so he's for sure a sorcerer then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. Okay,
0: bye.